Welcome to the Half Company Podcast, a podcast that bridges the gap between artists and their community. I'm grateful to share conversations with Half Company artists and residents, friends, and a little bit of my own thoughts on creating work and finding balance. Hey, Half Company Podcast listeners, Marley here. We would love it if you could take a minute to answer our five-question survey. We want to hear from our listeners to learn more about how you listen and what you're interested in hearing more of so that we can continue to improve our output. You can find this quick little survey next to this podcast episode at have-company.com podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Half Company Podcast. This is Marley, and I'm here with Rebecca Bruno from Los Angeles. Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks, Marley. <laughs> Rebecca, Rebecca is a... Well, I like to let people... I like to let people tell me who they are. No, could you please okay. tell me? <laughs> Rebecca... Yeah, that's fine. Rebecca... Wow. Okay. Rebecca is a dancer, facilitator, community organizer, visionary person (laughs) love it love it is that pretty good i mean do you are you a dancer uh that is charged i know let's let's go right in let's go right into are you a dancer yeah i do i do feel like i've accepted that for myself i love to dance and i work with a lot of people in dance and it feels like a a very natural part of who I am. Do you feel like there, I, I, I ask also specifically that word because I feel like people, I, I often use the word dance maker or I hear people, you know, use movement artist or improviser or choreographer yeah. or it's like there's a million different yeah. things or somebody's like, well, actually I identify as a dancer because I'm like only in other people's work. So I'm like only a dancer I'm not like a creative person not to say that someone who participates in someone else's work isn't creative obviously um so yeah what are your yeah well I mean that's one thing I really love about dance is your role can change and it is very fluid in that way and I work with so many people on um, my own projects who are huge collaborators like Samantha Moore who I'm working with Mm -hmm. um, on a couple upcoming projects uh, and at the same time, I've, I've worked as a dancer for visual artists, for choreographers, for uh, dance artists, dance makers. And um, to varying degrees, I feel like, you know, contributed uh, artistically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I... I like I I like the role of facilitator, of uh-huh. dancer, of maker, and feel uh, you know in that way I I feel part of a community. Uh-huh. And so you have many, and you just kind of said this, but you take you definitely take many of those roles in your life, and you. Um, right before you got here, you did kind of more of like a corporate choreographing <laughs> situation for someone else. And, you know, we've been talking a lot this week during your residency, and I talk with a lot of residents about, you know, how do we make our living and what does that look like and what compromises do we have to make or what compromises do we not have to make? And 
Um, so what's, what's your, and, and you are pretty much 100% your own. You don't generally work for someone else. You don't have like a, a day job, if you will. I have a freelance writing job. Freelance part writing time, job. Part cool. time. Cool. So a few days a week. And, and that's for a, and like that a for? healthcare company okay. that cool. is building, um, programs for people with chronic disease and people who work in the healthcare industry to take wow. better care of themselves. So, um, and I sort of freelance, right? And you can do that from anywhere. From anywhere. Cool. And that's, that's been pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and supportive. I've done restaurant work. I've done fitness training, Mm -hmm. choreographing for children's musical theater. Uh, (laughs) How do you decide, how do you decide then like, okay, this month I need to you know, when do you say, because also just to clarify, like you're also making your own work. You have a project that we'll talk about in a minute, Home LA. So you're facilitating, you know, other people showing their work. So how do you decide how much work you need to say yes to? Are you like, okay, this is how much I need to make a month. This is what I want to make a month. This is like, how do you discern or do you just say yes to everything? Are you at that point? Like, where are you in terms of like, okay, how do I navigate what I'm saying yes to? I mean, I kind of feel right now, um, how do I answer that? I don't what to say yes to. I mean, I think I have, I think it changes all the time. Sometimes I'm saying, I feel like I'm in a mode of saying yes all the time. Uh I mean, luckily between taking jobs as a dancer for um, other artists and having my work produced, I do, um, you know, there, there, I do receive income from that. So Uh that is a part of my, um, my monthly income. Uh Um, and you know, I guess there has to be like a degree of personal creative interest, uh-huh. and then you know what I'm receiving back uh-huh. in terms of support. And sometimes that's monetary, sometimes uh-huh. it's relationships, uh-huh. sometimes it's travel, sometimes uh-huh. it's exposure, or I mean, sort of in both ways, being exposed to other. Mm. parts of the world and other festivals or um, yeah there's I guess I feel like with each potential project I'm trying to get better at looking at uh, sort of having a more holistic perspective on what I'm what I'm giving and what's coming back Um, and of course I can't always know that (laughs) so right Well, I love that, and I love that, you know, I think that's really, like, healing for me to hear, and even just the difference of the way I worded that question of, like, well, what are you, are you looking at your budget? Are you crunching your numbers? Like, what are you doing? You're like, well, well yes, that's actually my holistic perspective, and it's like, no, that's a good reminder, and I love, and I just came up against a project this past year that I was, like, going through that a lot of those same questions, like, okay, well, I would get to go to this place that I like going to, but, like, do I believe in this person's mission? Do I actually, does that actually align with mine? Like, okay, yes, the monetary value seems high, but it, does it make sense for 
the amount of time I take from here or, you know, and I think there are like those many levels of, I like also exposure as being exposed to. I think that's a good way of looking at it. And I think the word exposure, you know, so charged and reminds me a lot of the glory of quitting, quitting the day job. I have quotes <laughs> in my arm that it's like, it's not always great to quit your day job. No, no. Or it's also like, it's not always bad to look at exposure. It's just, it's become such a dirty word because yeah. we say like exposure doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> and it's tricky because there's definitely been times that by being exposed, I got a job that paid my bills. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's cause, and, and to say like, well, what am I receiving? You know, if it's just, pure exposure you know that's different than like okay well maybe I'm gonna get exposure but it's by working with someone who I really appreciate yeah. who I know also doesn't have a budget and or that's, maybe it's the next step in your creativity or right. in your artistic practice and you, you right know, and that gets to come through you well and but I think the day job not quitting the day job or having for me having having multiple things that I do that take different forms of commitment, energy, mm-hmm. time is for me that tends to work. And you also have a practice of touching other people's bodies through craniosacral. <laughs> um, tell us yeah. about how you got into that and why, maybe why you like that both as, you know, partly as it is a job and partly you know, because it seems like it kind of combines both your love and research of the body and healing and touching. Um, so yeah, tell, tell us about yeah. that practice for yes. you. Um, well, I, when I moved to Los Angeles in 2009, I had the idea that I should pick up a skill really quickly. Sure. And gotta I, get a skill. I'm in LA. What's my skill? What is my skill? <laughs> exactly. And I had been injured in um, school and spent about a year not dancing and got into things like the Feldenkrais method, acupuncture, um, a little bit of cranial sacral, not much. I try. I, I had one experience with cranial sacral therapy, um, rolfing. Sort of had a little bit of exposure to a number of different what you could call somatic modalities sure. or healing right. <laughs> methods right. or ways of being, ways of holding space for other people's mm. systems to mm-hmm. heal maybe. Um, and so in, in Los Angeles, I did start a really wonderful massage program at Ipsby um, in Culver City. And in the process of doing that and working as a massage therapist, I also got to take a class in cranial sacral therapy. And since then, have uh, continued to both practice and study that method because somehow for me um, tuning into rhythm and the sort of physical sensation of muscle tissue and the rhythm of breath and the movement of you know very the very small bones in the skull uh, just seems to resonate with the way that I approach dance you know so um and the more I do it the more I'm thinking about listening and holding space and you know that that kind of deep listening and attention that um 
yeah, I'm somehow the words the words aren't coming out, but I think <laughs> deep listening, attention. deep listening, attention. attention. <laughs> I've lost my attention. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No, but it's something I really love to do, and we have a space in our home to do it, which I feel really grateful for. Do you feel like that's, and I think that's another balance that many artists or practitioners are trying to figure out of this, like, is it, and and I know that it's so specific to the person, but for you, has that been nice having that space in your home? Or have you ever been like, oh, I wish I could, like, go to work now Absolutely. down the street? Is it almost too, like, somebody texts you and is like, hey, like, can you fit me in today? And you're like, well, I'm home. And <laughs> well, I need to clean the house come first. Over. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so how has that been, really doing that practice right in your house? Yeah. Well, I used to work at a spa. Mm -hmm. um, and that that is nice because everything's there for you. You show up, and but you're not... you're at least in my case, I wasn't so in control of the clientele or, you know, I... And because there's someone else booking your appointments. Someone else is right. booking your appointments and I was on call and that didn't really work well for yeah. me. And also I found that massage really wasn't great for me um, as a practitioner. So uh, I ended up moving into house calls, taking my, taking oh, cool. my table to people's homes. Um, and that's really great, but that also can, in LA with traffic and with lugging the the table yeah. I was I was looking to bring you know bring clients into my home uh -huh. and I really like it and and luckily I mean it's not something that I'm doing full-time it's uh -huh. definitely part-time and uh -huh. I don't do a ton of advertising it's a lot of word-of-mouth and clients come in waves sometimes I'm mm. seeing many people in one week sometimes I'm not seeing anyone in sure, a week sure and I haven't for me that that's works right now with the dance with the dance projects and the and the other writing work um so it's good but yeah but i have to clean you know if i have a bunch right. of clients i'm right. cleaning the house like right. four times a week right right, right. <laughs> um so the way that i discovered you was through your project home la which is a series of movement dance performances that occur in actual people's homes actual people, actual people. <laughs> real people well it's you know generally a person lives there it's not just like yes. a random house or an abandoned house generally it is a, a home that someone has created um and so tell us when that started and why like why were you like oh this is this is what i need to do now <clears throat> Yeah, Home LA is a project that brings dance artists into private space or residential space in Los Angeles. And I started to work out of my home after graduating college um, because somehow I, I got slapped with the face of reality that I wasn't going to be able to afford studio rental. So I, w I rehearsed in my living room and... Um, and also, growing up, my, um, my parents, who are really into jazz, invited uh, jazz artists to play music in their living room, and mm -hmm. they created something that they called the 1205 Club, and they invited neighbors and friends and Was that the work address? colleagues. colleagues. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 1205. Cool. And, um, and so I remember growing up 
with those with those uh, concerts, sort of house concerts, and I think beyond like beyond the music and the 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 musicians, what I really responded to was the mix of people that were in the space. So people that I didn't usually see together in the same space. Um, people from different parts of my life and my parents' lives and people I didn't know at all. And people who we knew just because we live, you know, sort of blocks away or whatever. Um, and I also, I realized later that the musicians tend to really appreciate the intimacy of those concerts because um, no one is eating dinner, let's say, while they're happening. Mm -hmm. We're very uh, close. A lot mm -hmm. of stories get told. Very, you know, kind of touching, meaningful, face-to-face mm -hmm. -face mm -hmm. <laughs> um, moments happening in the midst of performance and expression. So that also seemed meaningful to me. Anyway, so in San Diego, <laughs> when I, long story, um, I and my friend Katie, I uh, invited a number of our friends to just make work in our house mm -hmm. and that happened a couple times in San Diego. I moved to Los Angeles shortly after and took about four years to sort of get in tune with what was happening in the city and finally mm -hmm. decided that even though it couldn't happen in my house, um, in, the case, in, in my case, in my living situation in Los Angeles, maybe someone would believe in the idea and want to open their house and I was really really lucky to meet someone named Chloe Flores and Tim her partner who have a beautiful house in Mount Washington and who opened it up to 17 artists in wow. May 2013 <laughs> uh, each of whom responded to different parts of the space and created new works um, and since then I've been really, really lucky to meet people who are interested in opening their homes. Do you put a um, a call out? Is it just kind of like you wait for the vibe? You like see somebody's house and you're like, oh, <laughs> now do you feel like you go into houses and you're like immediately like, what could I? Like people make? don't invite me to their homes. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> don't invite Rebecca. She's gonna put a whole. She's gonna put some dancers in that yeah. fireplace, and yeah. oh, it's gonna get weird. Um, so far, it's been word of mouth, and mm -hmm. people have asked, or I've suggested, and been met with an invitation. Um, but and how many yeah. have you done now? 15 in Whoa. three years. Dang. 15, yeah. And something, I think we've worked with about 100 artists. And each time, we try to treat each home the same. So we've been in these large, incredible, sure. architecturally significant homes. Uh -huh. And we've been in one bedroom sure. or, st or studio apartments. Um, and what we do every time is bring a number of artists in and ask each artist to respond in a way that's authentic or feels right for them um, to the space. And then over the course of a month or three months, we try to find a way to weave, either weave the works together, not in, not in a way that alters the sort of concept or, mm. or integrity of anyone's work, but either the works will happen simultaneously or they'll lead one into the next. And, you know, we've 
experimented with a number of formats. Eight shows in eight hours, ongoing durational performances for four hours, an sure. hour performance at sunrise, an hour right. performance at sunset. Right, wow. Three days of six shows, three weeks of performance. Oh so, I mean, sure. that's my own, that's my own interest in, turn, in, right. in being an artist myself and, right. and, or a maker, or someone who has the experience of performing and realizing that continuity or repetition, the repetition of performing actually brings something to light that Mm, you don't get out of one performance. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think the, you know, and I'll ask this question of what is, what is the, we obviously already talked about this away from the podcast, (laughs) but, um, in private, in private, (laughs) in the Subaru, um, what, um, what is the structure of how are you paying the artists? How are you paying yourself? I think you know, I don't want to take away from other art forms, but dance and movement and the kind of ephemeral nature of performance continues to be, I think, the hardest to find a way to get paid for it. Um, You can't buy it and take it home. You don't get to use it forever. You know, it's really the experience or like the irony of like, we're all like, let's pay $13 for a movie, you know, and like, we'll do that. It's the same thing, but it's still dance continues to be this weird, especially a dance in a house, you know, in a house, you're really running up against like, well, we're not going to be in a stage. We don't don't get a program or you do get a program, program. (laughs) (laughs) but we don't get like the appetizer, you know, we don't get to dress up. You You do. do. Okay. Sorry. Listen, people. Emily Marchand makes incredible. You get appetizers. You get a program. Come out town. Come out to home LA. But you don't get a seat. No. And it doesn't have red velvet you, on it. You, you get could your probably own dress up, adventure. Right. So, yeah. It's You're tough. absolutely right. Yeah. And I think about this so much. Yeah. And I think yeah. the people I work with also think about this yeah. tirelessly. And yeah. I don't feel like we've found the greatest way, but the, I can just yeah. describe the way that we deal with the economy of it. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I find it extremely important that artists making body-based work, performance work, need to be paid. It's a cultural contribution, and they should be reciproca- reciprocated in some way. I, that's my... Yeah. <laughs> I Amen. I, <laughs> Ooh, got a little tear. Got a little... So... Uh, what we do is we really work to create a performance that we f- feel has integrity and we feel like people would want to experience. And and um, and we charge $15 for a ticket. Oh, that's That's been the same since the second performance mm-hmm. on. And then we, you know, we have a little bit of cost like liability insurance, like little production cost. Um, and then that ticket, all those ticket sales get divided among the artists. Um, for a long time, I wasn't including myself. And um, now I try to include myself like an artist. It's really, I think we've talked about this. It's, yeah. I haven't found a solution, <laughs> let's say that. But I do really feel good about the, about the exchange, that there is some exchange, that artists are uh-huh. reciprocated in some way. I don't feel like it's enough. I don't feel like we're paid enough for, I don't feel like I'm paid enough for my time. I don't uh-huh. feel like Drew, who collaborates with uh-huh. me on documentation, uh-huh. is paid enough for uh-huh. his time. 
um, the people who work on the administrative end or anything. I don't feel like they're paid enough for their time. <laughs> but um, I'm, yeah, I'm hopeful that that uh, I just haven't seen the format yet. And people can give donations or yeah. contributions to Home LA. Absolutely. So those who are listening who might be like, whoa, <laughs> I want to see this continue. And what is the... Because the All Ages music venue that I'm a part of is has a fiscal sponsorship under Fractured Atlas, which is a nice way to receive funding when you don't want to necessarily go through the paperwork and intensity of becoming a nonprofit, but you can still receive some of those benefits. Absolutely, and we're in the same position. We're a fiscally sponsored project, so any donation that comes to us is tax deductible, mm -hmm. and we're fiscally sponsored by a local uh, arts organization nonprofit called the Pasadena Arts Council. And on our website, homela.org, we have a support uh, button. Homela.org, <laughs> baby. Support button. It's, it's real. Yeah, how do, pay, it how real. do pay artists making yeah. really yeah. incredible contributions to our experience? Yeah. Well, and I think for so much of this, again, like, I know that if I have a dance show and I'm like, it's $15, my friends are literally like, Ouch. damn like that's okay and then I'm like I've literally seen them then at the bar later that night <laughs> after not going to the dance show and I'm like yo you could have done like two less founders beers and you could have gone to the dance show been transformed it no. been totally transformed and I and I get it there have certainly been times in my life where $15 is not easy to swing but I think it so often is about changing the conversation yeah. about like well, it's not actually, and I have to do that to myself all the time when I'm like, oh, I wish I could afford X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, I just spent that exact amount of money on these other three things yeah. and could have just, so changing my language to like, okay, that's not my priority. Like, I wish my friends would look me in the face and be like, my priority is actually to not see you dance right now. It's to drink beer. And I think then I would actually be like, okay. Yeah, like, you I'm might... going to log that into my own <laughs> personal thoughts about you and your life. <laughs> I'm going to take be, that yeah, in. I'm going to just take that in. But at least I would be like, thank you for being yeah. real with me and yeah. not like, okay. like, yeah. Or I think they wouldn't ever say that. And if they were challenged to say that, they would probably stop for a second and be like, oh, my bad. I'm going to come see you dance tonight. And, yeah, it's it's. I think that's at one of the biggest things is not just us figuring out how to get paid, but how to reframe the conversation around, mm -hmm. like, what is, why is it worth something yeah and how do hard. we do it and how do we do it together that oh that chills chills you guys my hairs my little tattooed hairs are on it anyways i'm gonna stop looking at my arms um i'm just i'm like spit i'm like have a million ideas right now well tell tell me about your um it's come up now well taylor who is a resident um a few weeks ago went to the frank lloyd wright house the meyer may house that's just a few blocks from the store and she actually developed a whole sewing zine where she developed a pattern skirt with pockets that are influenced by the windows oh, of the wow. space yeah um and it's definitely been i went with lauren winter we went and and, and uh, visited it together and so tell us about your reaction yeah when the you meyer were done. <laughs> Waiting Again, why it, people aren't oh, allowed, no. why people don't bring Rebecca to their house. This is why people don't invite me anywhere. 
after leaving the Meyer May house, <laughs> um, in which there are just so many warm, inviting, yeah. spacious, and interesting nooks. Um, yeah, I, I'm inspired. <laughs> It's so embarrassing. No, it's not embarrassing. Um, I would like to contact uh, those people involved with the Meyer May House and Steelcase. If you're listening, Steelcase. If you're listening, Steelcase, Steel we'd really like to do a project where we uh, bring... Well, here, I'll tell you what actually inspired it. Actually, the film before that you're required to watch, yes. and I can't remember the who said it in you the exact that quote... Film. Fabulous. I love that film. Well, there's something I know it's that, long, but I love that it's, film. And you see all the work that's it's gone into beautiful. restoring the home. Yeah, yeah it's and pretty it's so incredible. 80s. Because it's Very. made in the 80s. <laughs> but it's so, like, even just the tone but of they the say, color tone. Yeah, yeah, yes, the colors. Yeah, the colors. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal experience to be inside of yeah. that home. It's yeah. unlike... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to cry Anyway, yeah. yeah, let's just cry about it. But... Uh, something that was said in the film was this, that sort of in describing Wright's, Frank Lloyd Wright's architecture and whole design, design of everything in the space, that all of these things come together in a kind of unity, that they kind of condense into a whole. And I got very intrigued and inspired by that statement, and I also felt like in some ways it resonated with what I hope the home LA or the home performances can do because ultimately they can happen anywhere um, is bring our work side by side in a way that allow us to see a bigger picture or a wholer <laughs> wholer yeah. Yeah. picture so I'm not out just for my own sake I guess I'm not only inspired by the, the design and architecture and the sort of sheer beauty but um, but that 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 idea of many things, many different things coming together to condensate and to, uh, to coalesce or to come together. Um, yeah, and there's the Hollyhock House in LA. We could do a right. joint, cross. joint cross-city project. I mean, if you're out there, help me out, please. Maybe we could get, I mean, what if we got like people in all of the Frank Lloyd Wright houses? Exactly. Like dancers in Philly go and do the falling water one. I think that's in Pennsylvania. Somewhere. And I think his son designed uh, something in Palos Verdes. Or, I mean, oh, this is gonna be good. People, this could be awesome. Frank, if you're listening from the other side, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, man? He he likes it. I just I gotta I'm channeling. I've gotta download. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> okay, moving we'll on. Be, we'll be good. We'll be good to the we'll home. We'll be so good. I mean, that's the thing is we are caretakers of the house. The furniture is so good that I have I had have had some visions of being on the furniture. We can be just personal we, practice. Personal practice. Well, I have. I did personal practice <laughs> in the house, but I couldn't. I had to stay with my group, you know, I know. and I couldn't quite. I feel like now that I know the tour layout and the house layout, I could better plant my phone. Yes. I, like, I was testing the lay and trying to figure out where it felt right. <laughs> I always have to make sure my hair, you know, it's, it's a lot of... It's a gotta lot. go again. There's a lot. I gotta go again. <laughs> um, let's... This is kind of, like, totally jumping away, but I'd, I'd love to hear about what... Um, 
what sort of daily maybe rituals or commitments you have for yourself? And it's been really, I mean, the space that we're in right now in Have Company is, it's on a busy, bustling street. The energy outside can be really intense. A lot of times, you know, I'm in here with other employees working and I've really loved witnessing you able to just kind of like still do your own <laughs> little stillness <laughs> practices. I'll like look over and you're like on the rug doing some like slow moves and I'm like over here listening to music like and I'm like wow it's cool that Rebecca because I think I get in my head like I have to have this this and this in order to have this this and this and I really enjoyed watching you this week seem to like even when we were at the beach you kept like kind of just positioning yourself where you needed to go to have your like space I know you're like oh interesting wow really been watching wow. um so to, okay so that's maybe that's a separate story than whatever your daily <laughs> commitments are but I've just I maybe tell us a little bit about what what do you need in a day to feel grounded and like you can have your practice Oof. of Rebecca Miss? Well, I mean, it's been a luxury to be here. So I feel mm -hmm. like just being here is, and setting aside the time in my life and you giving me the space has made it possible for me to really focus in on on just that. And And right now I'm really on this kind of trip or thread of wanting to allow my body to lead more than my mind mm. or with or give my body and give my body as much of attention as I give the thoughts that so want to sure. <laughs> pervade every moment mm -hmm. of my life mm -hmm. um so yeah, a listening practice is important, but I don't know, when I got here, you saw me sort of really uh, quickly organize all my stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like <laughs> I had to take everything yeah, out, yeah. put everything on the table, organize it, and uh -huh. feel like I had sort of access to the things I need, and yeah. I decided for this time, for the time here at Half Company, I wanted to draw at least once a day, read once mm -hmm. a day, and move once a day. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's so beautiful here because there's a bed, a desk, mm -hmm. and a lot of open space. Uh -huh. So <laughs> it's really easy to move between those. Uh -huh. Yeah. Move between those things. Um, daily, I mean, I actually feel like being here has allowed me to observe myself in a way that mm -hmm. I don't get to do that often. Um, I live with someone. I also live in Los Angeles, and I work a lot. And uh, so that's been something that I think I'm going to learn from for, for a while, but cool. yeah, writing, sitting in meditation, when I can get myself to do that is really helpful, mm -hmm. really helpful, and listening, trying to listen to my body as much as I can, coming back to my breathing, coming back to rem remembering that I'm sitting on a floor, mm -hmm. for me that. I need to do that like a hundred times a day. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that my feet are on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I forget that all, I all mean, the time. That one's huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember that I'm breathing. Yeah. And to allow myself to feel what I'm feeling. That's also big. Mm. And the drawing for me helps with that. I try to draw, draw what I'm feeling and then without having to like, 
intellectualize it or mm-hmm. verbalize it, which is also important um, for me. The drawing just helps things move. Cool. <laughs> if that's clear. Yeah. So you go back to LA today. I know. <sighs> oh. It's okay. Come visit. I will. Um, what's next? What are your projects that you're excited about when you get back, and what are you looking forward to doing? I'm really lucky that when I get back, I have a lot of my own uh, work that's going to be produced and I'm going to get to give my attention to. So I have a project called We Are Inseparable, There Is No Time, curated by Laura Watts at Honor Fraser Gallery, and that opens on June 18th. And my friend and collaborator and exceptional dancer um, and artist, Samantha Moore, will be in the gallery for I think a total of 36 hours Um, and my beautiful partner and collaborator Mac Kern is building a a series of sculptures for that performance installation Um, and uh, and Samantha and I are also going to work on a new work that's kind of stemming out of that installation for a performance at Red Cat Theatre in their NOW festival and that work is called forest and we'll be dancing among a forest of metal chimes cool. <laughs> that Mac will make and we talked about that a little bit and um, and then I feel really lucky to be working with a number or uh, a couple artists Jan Novak and Sam Widerman um, in a solo dance performance at the Norton Simon Museum called Unfinished or Unfinished Dance Work. You got a lot of dances On today. July 30th I got a lot of dances to make. <laughs> Well, they're mostly made, but... And so when you say that you use the language, like, my own work is being produced, what does that mean? Someone else is helping me bring my, right. my artistic So you're, like, invited life. sort of into a space or yeah. a show. Or I've proposed, I've, like, I've, sure. for the NOW Festival, it's a proposal process. Okay, So sure. they've they've uh, Uh selected this proposal this year. What is your monetary, holistic Uh exposure trade funding for these projects? For these projects? Uh Well, each of them have a a budget. I know. Budgets, people. Now it's up to me whether I'm going to pay myself or not. Right, right. Well, and that's (laughs) the thing is I, um, I was, you know, I think there's this, I, I was talking to, we were talking about like, when you get um, like, okay, here's your budget for this project, and then you want to use some of that to pay other people, and you want you're like, well, Always. I could not have any collaborators or yeah. make this dance in silence and have no costume, and then I'd make five thousand dollars, <laughs> you know? Or it's like, yeah. or I could make a really good work that means a lot to me and pay all these other people, and then I maybe make a thousand dollars. I think it's ten dollars, yeah, and or I've three dollars. You know, it's totally. like it can go away pretty fast. So absolutely, and I've heard people say they don't think about the money at all. And I mean, I think if you're a working artist, especially at the beginning of your career, it's impossible not to make that a consideration. Mm-hmm. And I think. I don't know, going out on, going out on yeah, that, maybe yeah. especially as women, maybe not, or anyone, right, any right. person, need to think about how they're being compensated and how they're taking care of themselves. That said, I, the, the creative part of me or the intuitive part of me, yeah, always wants to work with other people. Right. So in this work at the gallery, my, oh, I get to work with the most amazing people. Odea yeah. Nini is making a 
a beautiful vocal work that's uh, inspired by a call to prayer. Emily Bateson is making costumes. Drew Denny has shot a lot of the footage, the films. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, that, you know, that sort of working in community is another, is, a, is also a kind of wealth. That's a good one. That's a pull quote. You know, like pull, pull a quote, like you pull a quote from a thing. <laughs> I've never said that before. I'm impressed. The last question of the Half Company podcast Oof. is what are you excited about? And usually that's like just like a last chance to maybe tell the people listening, like a book or a movie or a podcast or a blog or something that you maybe just discovered or got your hands on that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Everybody has to know. So many things. Well, I love that moon workbook. Yes. That's at your shop. Mm -hmm. Um, Also that ceramic plate. Yes. Really Mm -hmm. magical. Both former Half Company residents. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Emily, the object enthusiast, and Sarah Gottesdiener from Modern Women. Yes. Good work, ladies. Great work. Um, and I've been reading Krista Tippett's new book Krista. on becoming wise. Yeah, Krista. Krista. No, she's, she's probably not listening. If you are <laughs> a friend of Krista and want to share my podcast with her, it's whatever. Pretty much my hero at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I can't recommend that. Her podcast on being or, mm-hmm. or many podcasts now and, and this book enough. And I've also been reading the poems of John O'Donohue. Um, yeah, super excited about both of those. I mean, there's a lot I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's a couple. Cool. Thank you, Rebecca. Any Thank you, Final, Marley? final thoughts. It's so fun to be here with you. Thank you for having me, and I really hope that you come to Los Angeles. I will. I come. There. I get to see more of yeah. what you do. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah, it's fun for Thanks me. Thanks for have listening. If you're listening. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Bye.